Allah Ta'ala commences with this very prescription of success. Qad aslaha al-mu'minun. That if you want success, then first success can only be achieved, true success can only be achieved by the mu'minun, by the believers. The reality of success can only be achieved by people of iman. And then Allah Ta'ala gives their qualities, the various attributes that they possess. And after having mentioned those seven attributes that will be in this believer who wants a success, Allah Ta'ala then explains what is the reality of the success, where the pinnacle of it comes. الَّذِينَ يَرِثُونَ الْفِرْدَوْسَ that those who possess these qualities, humul warithun, they are the inheritors. What will they inherit? Alladina yarithun al firdaus. They will inherit not just the lower ends of Jannat, the highest point of Jannat, the greatest part of Jannat. Yarithun al firdaus, hum fiha khalidun, and they will dwell therein forever. That is the peak of success. That Jannat, which Allah Ta'ala has created, مَا لَا عَيْنٌ رَأَتْ وَلَا أُذُنٌ سَمِعَتْ وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرَ أو كَمَا قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وسلم In the Sahih Riwayat of Bukhari Sharif, where in the Hadith Qudsi, Allah Ta'ala says, أَعْدَدْتُ لِعِبَادِيَ الصَّالِحِينَ I have prepared for my pious servants. Who are the pious servants? Those who possess these qualities. Mentioned in this surah. مَا لَا عَيْنٌ رَأَتْ what no eye has ever seen. Such bounties, which no ear has ever heard of, which no heart can ever imagine, has, has ever imagined. What is the glitter and glamour of dunya? And what is all the, all the ornaments and the adornments of dunya? And all the things that attract us and distract us in terms of the luxuries and comforts of dunya? And all the things that people give their life after? What can that compare even to a fraction of what Jannat is all about? In the Hadith, Nabi Islam says that the extent of ground, or extent of space that a person's whoop, now in that zamana and time, person would always be having some kind of whoop or some stick in his hand because he's riding a camel or he's riding a horse and in order to now help him in that task, so that was a standard thing, a person would have a little stick or a little whoop in his hand. So this was the natural thing, that things that were around them all the time, these were the things used as examples. Nabi Islam says in Jannat, the extent of space that somebody's little whoop might take, if he drops it on the ground, how much of space that will take? That amount of space in Jannat is better than this entire world and whatever it has. So what can this world compare to anything else in Jannat when it can't even compare to that one small space that will be occupied by a little whoop which doesn't even amount to a, maybe a few square centimeters. So what can anything else in this dunya can compare with any fraction of Jannat? And this is why we have to keep reminding ourselves about Jannat. Hazrat Abu Huraira radiallahu ta'ala from time to time he would sit with his students, he would just keep narrating the ahadith regarding Jannat. What is in Jannat? What Allah Ta'ala has kept in store for the believers? What kind of great pleasures and leisures Allah Ta'ala has created for his believers in Jannat? 
so that the yearning for Jannat must overwhelm the heart, then the desire for dunya will be calmed down. But when a person doesn't have the yearning for Jannat, then he starts craving for dunya. When the yearning for Jannat is not there, then the insatiable thirst and hunger for dunya keeps increasing. And dunya is dunya, it's artificial. Dunya is not asal. It's artificial. So there's no complete satisfaction that can ever come from something artificial. It's something to use, something to enjoy Allah's ni'mat, but not something to give one's heart to. Not something to hanker after. Whatever Allah Ta'ala has blessed in a halal manner, alhamdulillah, person makes shukar, uses it, and enjoys it, helps others with it, makes the shukar of Allah Ta'ala, but not something to give the heart to. So in this surah, which is a very, very unique way in which this surah was revealed, or unique incident happened at that time, where once Rasulullah Wasallam suddenly the sound started emanating, which the Sahaba would understand, that when they would hear the sound from his heart, it meant that he is receiving wahi. So they realized that wahi is being revealed. And they quickly gathered around waiting. And after Rasulullah came out of this condition, where he was now in the state of wahi, being revealed to him, he then turned to Allah Taala, turned facing the Kaaba Sharif, raised his hands and made dua, Allahumma zidna wa la tanqusna. Allah increase your favors and bounties upon us. Don't decrease it from us. Wa akrimna wa la tuhinna. Allah grant us honor. Don't put us into humiliation. Wa aatina wa la tahrimna. Allah you give us the good and your blessings, and your rahmat, and your grace, and favors, وَلَا تَحْرِمْنَا Don't deprive us. وَآثِرْنَا وَلَا تُؤْثِرْ عَلَيْنَا Allah, give preference to us over our enemies. Don't give them preference over us. And then, وَأَرْضِنَا وَرْضَعَنَّا Ya Allah, you become pleased with us. And, وَأَرْضِنَا وَرْضَعَنَّا You make us pleased, and become pleased with us. Ya Allah, you make us pleased, Wardina, Warda'anna, you become pleased with us as well. Then Rasulullah turned to the Sahaba and he said to them, These ayat of Suratul Mu'minun were revealed. Person who brings these ayat into his life, he is direct entry to Jannah. So this is a very, very comprehensive prescription for the success. We all the time, which person doesn't have on his tongue at some time or the other in the day about a problem? This is like, sometimes becomes like breathing. Like a person breathes, likewise we just keep talking about problems. Our own problems, problems around us, people's problems. Problem after problem. And this is dunya unfortunately, there's problems of all sorts. So the Quran Sharif is giving the prescription for success. Success means success in every issue. Person has a problem, the success in that situation is to come out of that problem. That whatever that problem has become a means of uh, holding him back, means of bringing him down, that problem has become an obstacle in his way, that problem has become a difficulty that is now become burdensome over him, that problem of whatever sort. Quran Sharif is saying to him, 
you have a problem of whatever sort. If it's a financial problem, there's the success out of that financial problem. There's a domestic problem, there's the success to come out of that. There's some other kind of problem, whatever it might be. This is a universal issue. It's a universal prescription. It's not confined to any one thing or the other. Because the Quran Sharif is giving a prescription for success. It cannot be partial. It's total, complete. But yes, every kind and every level of success cannot be imagined in dunya. Some parts of it are, dunya can encompass it. But every level of it, that's not possible. Dunya is not a place that you can manage it. Like eternity, dunya can't handle it. Dunya itself is perishable. And dunya itself will perish. So in any case, Allah Ta'ala gives this prescription of success. So just to go through the list first, and then whatever time we have, we will just discuss a few points. But just to understand the list, and what Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in these ayat, starts off with, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ The believers are successful. Without iman, then there is no issue that can be imagined of success. There is no basis for any success then. The foundation of the success is Iman. Now, without the foundation you can build nothing. Then a person can have the best bricks all stacked up. The person can have the most shining material all over the place. But if there is no foundation, that is not going to stand anyway. It is all going to just fly away. Without the foundation of Iman, nothing is going to stand. And if it appears like it is standing, the reality will open up and the person's eyes close. That nothing is standing. It is totally, completely wasted. So, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ Then the first thing in this list of qualities and attributes Allah Ta'ala mentions, number one, الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ They are those who have khushu in their salah. Khushu, their hearts are attentive in their salah. This is the crux of it. That one is the external performance of that salah. The person is performing the salah. He is making his qiyam, his ruku, his sajda. But the issue is of khushu, that he is doing it attentively, his heart is in it. His humble, his heart has been humbled in front of Allah Ta'ala. His body is also completely calm. And his heart is also calm. Bodily, he is not making any unnecessary movement. And his heart is not filtering about here and there and everywhere. His body is in salah. His heart is also in salah. So this is that khushu. Once Rasulullah saw one person, he in salah was fiddling with his beard. So Rasulullah said, لَوْ خَشَعَ قَلْبُ هَذَا لَخَشَعَتْ جَوَارِحُهُ That if there was khushu in this person's heart, there would have been khushu in his limbs also. If there was khushu in his heart, then his limbs would not have been making unnecessary movements. He wouldn't have been fiddling with his beard. And doing other things. So the external performance of that salah is also very important of how it is done. One person came into the masjid. Abu Huraira reports the hadith sharif. That he came into the masjid. And he performed two rakats of salah. Rasulullah was seated there. He observed this person performing salah. After this person performed the salah, he came and he made salam. Rasulullah said to him, Irji' فَصَلِّ فَإِنَّكَ لَمْ تُصَلِّ Go and repeat your salah, you have not performed your salah. Person went 
and he performed the salah again in the same manner and came. Again, Nabi Sallallahu says to him, Irji' fasalli fa innaka lam tusalli. You go and repeat your salah, you know, I have not performed it. Third time, same thing happens. After the third time, he comes and says, La uhsinu ghayraha fa'allimni. Now, this is the kamal of the sahaba. They didn't make excuses for themselves. I don't know how to do it better. Ya Rasulullah, you teach me. You teach me. Somebody tries to teach us that too, we reject it. We make a mistake somewhere, we do something that is not right. But who are you to tell me? And especially if it is our wife that told us, then you're the last person on earth to tell me. Even if there's nobody else left on earth, you don't tell me. Whereas if something is being said to us which is right, but very often that hits at the heart of our nafs. That is where our nafs really gets the hiding. Because she knows us better than most people know us. So sometimes it will hit right at the root of where it's supposed to hit. What our eyes are doing, she knows sometimes more than everybody else. And what we are doing stealthily here and there, she sometimes knows better than everybody else. So whether it is that wife who's correcting us, whether it is some stranger correcting us, but if somebody is giving us something which is correct, and very often we know it is correct, one is that a person is in doubt, if he's in doubt, then too he should just accept it quietly in the sense that, fine, maybe what you are saying is right, I'm not 100% about it, I'll find out. But very often we know 100% that what the person is saying is right. There's no doubt about it. But then the pride comes in the way. Hadith Sharif Rasulullah says, what is this pride? What is takabbur? Al-kibr, batarul haq, wa ghamtun nas. This kibr and pride, one is to reject the truth. We know what the person is saying, what is correcting us, what is guiding us, what is advising us is correct. What he's saying is right. What the wife is saying is right. But the pride comes in the way, so we reject it. Who are you to tell me? And the other aspect of kibber and pride is ghamtun nas, looking down at people, thinking ourselves to be better than somebody else. I am so and so, I come from certain background, or I am so, this or that, therefore I am better than the next person. Whether we say it with our tongues or not, but that lurks in the heart. We look down upon others. So here the Sahabi, he did it three times, but after the third time he says to Rasulullah sallallahu me, teach me. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa then teaches him that when you stand up, then you recite, you say Allahu Akbar, then this is what you should recite, and then thereafter you say Takbir, and then you go into Ruku, and when you are now in complete Itminan in Ruku, حَتَّى تَتْمَئِنَّ رَاكِعًا ثُمَّ رَكَعْ حَتَّى تَتْمَئِنَّ رَاكِعًا Then make ruku until your body is completely at rest in the posture of ruku. After having recited the tasbih of ruku, ثُمَّ رَفَعْ حَتَّى تَتْمَئِنَّ قَائِمًا Now you stand up until you are completely at ease in the posture of qiyam, in that qawma posture. And then, ثُمَّ اسْجُدْ حَتَّى تَتْمَئِنَّ سَاجِدًا now at each posture Rasulullah is teaching him. And he's telling him, then you make sure you perform that posture with complete calmness. To the extent that the body has come completely in, completely to rest in that posture. Thereafter then you move on to the next. And in this way Nabi Wasallam taught him the entire salah. And the problem at that time which he had made, the mistake he had made prior to that, was that he was a bit hasty in making this itminan 
and performing the ruku and sajda with this calmness. So Rasulullah taught him. So this entire external observance of all the etiquettes of salah, this is also very essential. That proper performance of all the postures of salah. And together with that, الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ Their hearts are in the salah. Then the second thing, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّغْوِ مُعْرِضُونَ Mentioned, we'll just go through the list, but already something came away in terms of salah, we'll just come back to this. But nevertheless, just to first go through the list again. So the first aspect, salah, and the khushu in the salah. The second thing, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّغْوِ مُعْرِضُونَ That those who shun futile things, those who shun what is futile. Now what is futile? Inshallah we'll discuss this now. Then, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّغْوِ مُعْرِضُونَ وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ لِلزَّكَاةِ فَاعِلُونَ Allah Ta'ala says they discharge their zakat correctly. They fulfill the obligation of zakat. Not that they just haphazardly did something. Correctly discharge their zakat. وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ لِلزَّكَاةِ فَاعِلُونَ Thereafter Allah Ta'ala says, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ لِفُرُوجِهِمْ حَافِظُونَ إِلَّا عَلَىٰ أَزْوَاجِهِمْ أَوْ مَا مَلَكَتْ إِيمَانُهُمْ فَإِنَّهُمْ غَيْرُ مَلُومِينَ فَمَنْ اِبْتَغَى وَرَاءَ ذَٰلِكَ فَأُولَٰئِكَهُمُ الْعَادُونَ The sum total of these ayat that they don't engage in any kind of illicit activities. Any zina, any illicit relationship. They are far away from this. One is the most despicable level of zina, the worst level of it. But even any other form of zina, like in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says, Zina al-ayni an-nawar. The zina of the eyes is looking at haram. Al-aynani tazniyan wa zina huma an-nawar. Even the eyes commit zina. The zina of the eyes is looking at haram. The Quran Sharif is saying, you want success, you can't get it without this. You can make excuses for yourself. That I have to do this for business, and this is something, and that is something, and whatever else. But if we're looking for that success and we're looking for it outside these qualities, then we are already doomed to failure before we start. So Allah is saying number one, salah. Number two, shunning futility. Number three, discharging zakat. Number four, staying away far from zina and all other kinds of lewd aspects and all illicit activities and illicit relationships and haram relationships, whatever other things of this, this nature. إِلَّا عَلَىٰ أَزْوَاجِهِمْ أُمَا مَلَكَتْ إِيمَانُهُمْ فَإِنَّهُمْ غَيْرُ مَلُومِينَ فَمَنْ اِبْتَغَى وَرَاءَ ذَٰلِكَ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْعَادُونَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَلَسِيدُ وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ لِأَمَانَاتِهِمْ وَأَحْدِهِمْ رَاعُونَ Those who fulfill the trust and they fulfill their pledges. If something is entrusted to them, then they take care of the trust. One is the trust, we all understand monetary trust. Somebody gave us some monetary item, some material item, something of material value to look after some wealth, whatever else. Yes, that is obviously a very important aspect of amanat. But amanat is far beyond that as well. Many, many other aspects are included in amanat. Amanat, al-mustasharu mu'tamanun. Nabi Islam says, somebody has been asked for advice. He has been placed in a position of trust. Now it is his responsibility that he gives that advice which is the most appropriate, which he believes in his heart to be the right advice. Not that now he understood that this person what he is asking about gives me some leads, so rather turn him away. 
So in any case, they fulfill the amanat. Amanat of all the various sides. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with so many amanats. The eyes are an amanat. The hands are an amanat. The tongue is an amanat. And in the Hadith Sharif, there's so many other aspects and levels of amanat. So they fulfill their amanat. Likewise, their pledges. They've made a pledge. They don't break the pledge. They have some pledge, some kind of treaty sometimes, whatever it is, they fulfill that. For the prescription of success, this is necessary. And then Allah Ta'ala says, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَلَىٰ صَلَاتِهِمْ يُحَافِرُونَ Already right at the top of the list, the first aspect mentioned in the sifat of the mu'mineen was, أَلَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ That they have khushu in their salah. At the end of this list, Allah Ta'ala says, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَلَىٰ صَلَوَاتِهِمْ يُحَافِظُونَ And they are the people who guard their salah. Starting off with salah, and this comprehensive list finishing off with salah. And then Allah Ta'ala says, أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْوَارِثُونَ الَّذِينَ يَرِثُونَ الْفِرْدَوْسِ هُمْ فِيَا خَالِدُونَ These are the inheritors of Jannat. Jannatul Firdaus. Not just any portion of Jannat also. The Salatihim Yuhafidun. They guard their Salah. They perform their five times Salah in the manner required of them. So the, for males it is wajib to perform it with, salah, with Jama'ah. And if the Masjid is within a certain distance to perform it in the Masjid. Whoever the Salah is taking place with Jama'ah. So coming back to this discussion of this, these qualities and attributes, as mentioned right at the beginning, every single person is desiring the success. Whether it is financial success, whether it is domestic success within the four walls of the home, in the person's marriage being successful, in his relationships being successful, whether it is his business being successful, whether it is his other aspects of life, whatever it might be. There is only a certain level of success that can be nevertheless achieved in dunya. But this is the first leg of it. And the full extent of it will be enjoyed in akhirat. But already that success will come in dunya. This is not a credit transaction. A good amount of it is already cash. So the first aspect again mentioned was الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ Unfortunately, this is very much neglected. One is that we might not be too concerned sometimes if that salah is performed on time, not performed on time, whether it was performed with jama'ah or not performed with jama'ah, it's fine, everything is fine. Whereas Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu, on one occasion he addressed the sahaba. Now he is that sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa regarding whom Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, that رَضِيتُ لِأُمَّتِي مَا رَضِيَ لَهَا إِبْنُ أُمِّ عَبْدٍ What Abdullah bin Mas'ud is happy with, I am happy with. What an endorsement. In other words, he will only say that which I am happy with. So this is an endorsement. So he says, one day once he addressed the Sahaba, and he said to them, لَوْ صَلَّيْتُمْ فِي بُيُوتِكُمْ لَوْ تَرَكْتُمْ مَسَارِدَكُمْ وَصَلَّيْتُمْ فِي بُيُوتِكُمْ that if you start performing your salah in your homes, whether it's some, whether it's all, and you don't come to the masjid, you are leaving out the way of your Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَلَوْ تَرَكْتُمْ سُنَّةَ نَبِيِّكُمْ لَضَلَّلْتُمْ And if you leave out the way of your Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you'll go astray. 
Now, outwardly it might seem, well, okay, I didn't make my salah with jama'ah, so not a big deal. But look at it in the light of the statement of Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala This great sahabi of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Saying that if you omit this, ladalaltum. This will start paving the path to deviation. One thing will lead to another. The omission of that salah with jama'ah will open the doors of other problems, other issues. And then one thing will lead to another. Before a person knows it, let alone that salah with jama'ah, even that salah is sometimes becoming qaza. And other aspects, other amal, tilawat, zikr, tasbihat, etc., that will also just disappear. The salah, this was such an important thing in the life of Rasulullah wasallam that now when it is his last moments of life, Sahaba say that his wasiyat, his parting advice, which he continued to give in the last moments of life, in the last moments meaning that whatever time might have been, minutes, perhaps many minutes also, repeatedly it was, As-salah wa ma malakat aymanukum. As-salah wa ma malakat aymanukum. That is, be conscious and guard your salah, and be conscious about your treatment of your slaves. And the Sahaba explained that this continued and continued and continued until Hatta Bada'a Yugharghir. That eventually the sound from the Mubarak mouth of Rasulullah was no more coming. Because his life in dunya was now ebbing away. And we could just hear the same sound now coming from his Mubarak chest. It was just that chest that was now giving out the sound. Which we could hear as if the chest was now calling out a salah. Can we imagine what importance this had in the eyes of Rasulullah for the Ummad? That while parting from the Ummad, repeatedly this is the crying plea. This is the crying plea to the Ummad. But the Ummah continues just neglecting it, sleeping through it, trading through it, playing through it, entertaining themselves through it. Everything else carries on. And if namaz gets neglected, it doesn't matter. And if that namaz is being performed, then that too is being performed with the heart outside. This was the extent of importance that Rasulullah gave to that salah. Besides what he practically did, his parting words to the ummah as he's leaving this dunya repeatedly, as-salah, as-salah, as-salah. So we want that success. Allah Ta'ala is saying, you want it, this is step one. You won't get it any other way. Omit this, and already you can be sure you're not going to get it. The Quran Sharif is speaking to us. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, the incident is a very lengthy one. He was performing the Fajr Salah and one fire worshipper in the darkness came, he disguised himself and he appeared to be one of the Musallis. And then while Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an was performing the Salah, this person runs into the, runs in the front of the masjid and he stabs him several times with a dagger. Umar radiallahu anhu falls to the ground 
the lengthy incident he's carried home and now this deep wound, this gash and deep wound which was now bleeding profusely so he was now losing consciousness and he was in the state of unconsciousness they had a cloth over his head some were not sure whether he passed away or not in that condition Miswar ibn Makhrama comes and he asked them that how is he whoever was gathered there he says how is he he says how you can see what you can see for yourself in other words nobody had the himmat to say anything he says, you see for yourself so he wanted to now make sure that what now fearing the worst but hoping for something also but how do you ascertain what is going on what is the condition so he said to them that look why don't you tell announce that it is Salah, time for Salah. If there's anything that's going to, if he still got life in him, in other words, he's not saying it in so many words, but in other words, if there's still life in him, then if there's anything that he will respond to, he will respond to the call of Salah. Mm. Uh, he was in a state of unconsciousness. So suddenly, somebody shouted out, As-Salah, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, As-Salah, Sulliyati salah O Amir al-Mu'mineen, it's time for Salah, the Salah has already been performed. This in that state of unconsciousness, it suddenly jolted him. And he said, Ha Allahi idan, wala haqta fil islam liman taraka salah. Wallah, indeed. He just came out of that. He said, Wallah, indeed. If it's time for salah, then really, there's no part in Islam for the person who leaves out his salah. How can I just pass my salah just sleeping like that? From that state of unconsciousness, merely the announcement of Salah jolted him. Let alone while asleep, we are wide awake. And the call of the Muslim comes, Hayya ala Salah, Hayya ala Salah, it doesn't move us. That whatever we're busy with, somebody's busy with his phone and carry on with it. Somebody's busy in some playing and carry on with it. Somebody's in some entertainment and carry on with it. Somebody's in some dunya work and carry on with it. From the state of unconsciousness, Merely the announcement of Salah jolted him out of that unconsciousness. So this is, we want that success, there is no other route to get it but to bring Salah first in our lives. And this list starts off with the mention of Salah and it finishes off with the mention of Salah. Starts off with the khushu in Salah and it finishes off with guarding Salah in, in general, every aspect of Salah. Allah salawatim yuhafizun, the five times Salah, on time, with jamaat, in the proper manner, fulfilling all his adab and etiquettes. So this is that comprehensive list, and in this the highlight is salah. There is so much of detail regarding the salah, and the kitab of the Shaykh Ramatullah in the Fazail Amal, Fazail Salah, is something that we should be reading daily, reading to our families, reading to ourselves, to try and keep this this importance of Salah alive in our lives and keep this first step of this prescription start working towards it so that this comes alive inshallah this will open the doors for other things then just to touch briefly on the next aspect and we'll finish off on this the second thing Allah Ta'ala says in these ayat that these believers who are successful who will achieve this success one is the Salah is in their lives these are the people who will get this Jannatul Firdaus. And the other aspect is, That they shun what is futile. Futile, there are certain things which are 
not beneficial for akhirat, no benefit to a person in the akhirat, neither of any benefit to him in dunya. A person's work, his business, his occupation, his job, his day-to-day things that he will do for his family, etc. Household things, all these things are of benefit to him. Whatever he's doing, something that's going to be of benefit to him in dunya, well and good. But there are certain things which are of no benefit. Now, what is this of no benefit? So there's so many things, but the thing that has become the standard thing in which the world has become occupied in the layani and futile aspect is what has occupied our hands and palms and that phone and the amount of layani and futility. That is what is not haram, obviously. What is not haram is just futile. But which has become a thing that has so preoccupied us that as a result of this preoccupation with layani, there isn't now time for even amal. Tilawat is gone, zikr is gone, things get neglected like nothing. But what has taken up all the time, the minimum is layani. In the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah says, Bin husni Islam al-mar, tarkuhu ma layani. That the beauty of a person's Islam and the perfection of Islam lies in him giving up what is layani, futility. Now in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala doesn't say that those who don't engage in futility. Allah Ta'ala says, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّغْوِ مُعْرِضُونَ That they shun it from far away, they move away. They don't even come near it. Now they want success. To the extent that they want success, they're going to have to shun this futility. The prescription of success. So there's so many things that so many excuses we make for ourselves and keep ourselves occupied in this layani. One is layani and this is the extent of the difficulties and harm that it brings. That the Quran Sharif is warning against it. So can we imagine if a person is now engaged in haram? The person is engaged in blatant haram on their phone, on their device, on whatever, wherever. So how far away this will take him from that success? Whether it's success in anything. Success of the Akhirat obviously is affected by it. Even the success of anything in dunya also is affected by it. One person is studying somewhere and mashallah, very good person. So he's engaged in some, acquiring some degree of some sort, whatever. So, few days ago he came and he says for about two, a week and a half, two weeks, I was like in a different state. I couldn't absorb anything that was being whatever the lecture was, etc., which was never the case before. But for this period of time, it was just, I could just barely absorb, I tried to understand it, can't get it, later on try to still and have a battle with it. And now only after one and a half weeks, or almost two weeks now, this, this thing has started coming back to normal. And I am now managing to grasp things easily and so on. So now this is Ajib. Before it wasn't a problem, and now also is now not a problem, it has come back to normal. What happened in between? Now he himself is talking about it. See, well, what changed? Did something happen in that time? He says, yes, well, on that, in that period of time, I was on holiday. Meaning, just prior to this. I was on holiday just prior to this. I got back to campus or whatever, but just prior to that, I was on holiday. So if you're on holiday, so what? 
Yeah, you know what the holidays mean. <laughs> so that effect of the darkness of sin, it blanked the mind out. Now he made Toba already from that. When he, that holiday finished off, he says, as soon as the holiday finished, I came back to reality that la hawla wa la quota illa billah. What did I do to myself? How did I do this? Now this is shaitan, that this holiday period and holidays and all these things, we become very excited about it, we look forward to it, but do we realize sometimes how we go about it? And what do we do to ourselves in it? And what kind of effect and impact we bring upon our deen and sometimes our entire family life and whatever else? Not haram to take a break of some sort away from the normal routine, but there is a procedure about it. And there is a way of how to take that break. But if that break is taken in a way that breaks one's deen, one's deen, breaks one's akhirat, meaning one's passage to akhirat, to jannah, then such a break is worth broken. That break itself should be broken. So in any case, this person now, he's saying, look, that was that time before I came back, it was at holiday time, and I was in this complete ghaflat. And after I made toba, I was still lost. I'm sitting now, I'm doing everything, but I still can't seem to get to focus correctly. I can't grasp anything. One and a half weeks, two weeks passed. So what was happening in that one and a half weeks, two weeks? No, Alhamdulillah, at that time I was making all the amal. I got back onto the mamulad. I started doing everything. See, well, it took one and a half, two weeks of doing what you started doing again to clear it up. If you didn't start that, you would have still been in the entire darkness. But Alhamdulillah, you had started it. But after having started everything, after having made Toba, but the effects were still lingering. That one is a person was in that mess, he came out of the mess. But the impact that has happened, if there was a stench, he's still going to have to keep some time applying ether for a long time. Then that stench will finally completely subside. That some things have gone into the pause, that will take a while to come out. So Toba was made, Alhamdulillah. But now it was required, it took so many days of constant amal for that to clear up. This is just one simple example of something that happened now, recently, which highlights to us. Sometimes it's not noticeable to us. We don't even realize it. We don't link it anywhere. But this is that lahu now. That this is, one is haram. Even that lahu has its impact. And obviously if lahu has its impact, that futility has its impact, what can we think about haram? what extent of impact and what extent of damage it does to the heart of a person. How far it takes him away. How much it extinguishes that noor of the heart. And how much of darkness settles in the heart. As a result of which, let alone a person's deen, he cannot even focus correctly in his necessary work of dunya also. So again, just to sum up, Allah Ta'ala has in this, these ayat given the prescription of success. If you want the success, and this is the prescription. And in order to gain the success, these are the sifat, these are the qualities that we have to bring in our lives. The highlight of these qualities mentioned here is salah. The proper performance of salah five times a day with khushu and khudu in the sunnah manner, with salah with jama'ah in the masjid, and then refraining from futility, staying far away from zina, and all the things that lead to zina, and fulfilling a person's pleasures, Upholding amanat, these are the qualities. Amanat, obviously, the amanat that Allah Ta'ala has given us, and the amanats of people as well. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala give us the tawfiq of bringing all these attributes in our life and living our lives accordingly.
will make zikr for a few minutes and then do anja. It is reported in the Hadith Sharif that the person who recites La ilaha illallah a hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah Ta'ala will grant him the tawfiq of righteous actions and he will gain the tawfiq of staying away from sin and this will become the great, the means of this great bounty on the day of Qiyamah. When saying La ilaha, bring to mind that all the evil, the filth in the heart, all the illicit things, whatever wrong, all this has been taken out and thrown out and illallah there is this nur settling in the heart which is the love of Allah Ta'ala. Recite Guru Sharif. La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله La ilaha illallah 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 la ilaha
انت مولانا فانصرنا على القوم الكافرين اله العالمين يا الله موس مرسيفول موس غريشس موس كاين موس لافينغ الله يا الله يا ديد يا موس سينفول سيرفنت يا الله الله ويكنوليج اول ذا رونجز يو دن يا الله اله العالمين ذير از نثينغ ذات از هيدن فروم يو يا الله اله العالمين يا الله ايفريثينغ از ان اوبن فرونت اوف يو يا الله اله العالمين يا الله يو فورغيف اس يا الله يو فورغيف اس اول اور ميجر اند ماينر سينز يا الله forgive what was done in the darkness of the night or in the light of day allah forgive what was done deliberately or mistakenly allah ilahul alamin forgive our families allah forgive our friends and relatives allah forgive the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam allah shower your maghfirat on the ummah allah shower your blessings on the ummah allah shower your rahmat on the ummah allah remove the pain and suffering of the ummah allah throughout the world wherever the muslims are in suffering ya allah remove their suffering ya allah remove the oppression from the muslims ya allah remove the poverty and hunger from the muslims ya allah remove all the hardships and difficulties ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah the orphans of the ummah are crying ya allah the widows of the ummah are crying ya allah ilahul alamin we acknowledge all this is due to our sins ya allah allah forgive us and forgive the entire ummah ya allah ila throughout the world ya allah every kind of oppression is being heaped upon the ummah ya allah ilahul alamin we are being humiliated ya allah we are being trampled ya allah ilahul alamin acknowledge all this is due to our sins ya allah allah give us the tawfiq of those amal that bring down your rahmat ya allah allah save us from those amal that bring down azab ya allah allah we are very weak ya allah we are indeed very weak ya allah all we can present in front of you is our feebleness ya allah all we can present in front of you is our weakness ya allah allah we are not capable of anything ya allah the only thing we can do is wake brace ya allah the only thing we can do is make a mess of things ya allah ilahu alamin you guide us ya allah you protect us ya allah allah you protect the entire ummah ya allah show your rahmat on the ummah ya allah allah throughout the world ya allah wherever the muslims are suffering ya allah remove their pain and hardship ya allah ilahu alamin blow the winds of hidayah ya allah bring us on total hidayah ya allah bring us on complete perfect iman ya allah bring the entire ummah on amal ya allah bring the salah completely alive in every household ya allah in the life of every muslim ya allah enable us to perform our five times salah with jamaah ya allah grant us khushu and khudu in our salah ya allah enable us to perform such a salah with which you are pleased with ya allah grant us that kind of salah which opens the doors of the heavens ya allah grant us that kind of salah that becomes the keys to our problems ya allah the keys to the solutions of our problems ya allah allah grant us that kind of salah which ya allah brings down the barakat and blessings ya allah grant us that kind of salah that becomes the means of the problems being alleviated ya allah ilahu alamin ya allah save us from all the lahu and futility ya allah allah save us from zina ya allah save us from zina of the eyes ya allah save us from zina of the ears and tongue ya allah save us from zina of the hands and feet ya allah allah save us from every level of illicit relationships ya allah allah save keep us far away from all kinds of haram ya allah ilahu alamin you protect us ya allah protect our families ya allah protect the entire ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ilahu alamin ya allah all those are sick give them shifa kamila ajila mustamirra daima and remove every trace of their ailments ya allah ilahu alamin those in any kind of difficulties and hardships remove with afiyat ya allah those in financial problems remove with afiyat ya allah grant barakat in each one's rizq ya allah grant halal and tayyib rizq ya allah save us from every drop and grain of haram ya allah and all those who have passed away ya allah make their complete maghfirat ya allah fill their qabrs with noor ya allah raise their stages in the akhirat ya allah ilahul alamin at the time of all that take us with la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah and take us on kamil iman ya allah take us on tawbatan nasuh ya allah and take us at the time you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you ya allah allah make our qabrs garden of jannah fa sha allah 
you protect from the schemes of the enemies, Ya Allah. Protect the masajid, Ya Allah. Protect the makatib and madaris, Ya Allah. Protect the khanqaz, Ya Allah. Protect the efforts of da'wah and tabliz, Ya Allah. Protect the organizations of deen, Ya Allah. All the work of deen taking place, accept it, Ya Allah. Whatever is happening in the path of haq, Ya Allah. Accept it, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in it, Ya Allah. You provide the means from your unseen treasures, Ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat spreading throughout the earth, Ya Allah. You unite the hearts of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of families, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. All those who have raised their hands to this dua. Those who asked us to make dua. Those who were hoping that we would make dua for them. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You are the know of each one's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's dies needs, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Grant each one the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us yours, Ya Allah. That is our greatest need, Ya Allah. That we become yours, Ya Allah. You become ours, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, make us among your true and loyal servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam begged for. Ya Allah, we also begging for all the good. Whatever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sought refuge from, Ya Allah, you protect us as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min shari masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaag. ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله رب العالمين